fears, 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 weather, fears. Hello, hello, hello. I'm Joey Nolfi, Entertainment Weekly's RuPaul's Drag Race reporter. And I'm Jillian Cedarholm, Entertainment Weekly's news director, children's dance instructor, and reality (laughs) star. Sorry, I'm thinking about Abby Lee Miller. (laughs) The greats get themselves confused with Abby Lee Miller all the time, as we've seen in this episode. Uh, Together, though, you and I truly, though, we are the Gordon and Gorgina Ramsey of EW and hosts of the new Quick Drag podcast, recapping season 15 of Drag Race. We are snatched and ready for you again this week with a recap of a double-sized Snatch Game Challenge, plus interviews with Sugar and Selena Estides this week coming up later, all recorded live from the Virgin Selena's Manger in Bethlehem. (laughs) My favorite Haim sister. (laughs) Jillian, it appears, though, that you have brought a guest to the manger. I I see you holding a guest there. Is that... could, Could that be Booger with you? Yes, I have formally adopted Booger as my drag daughter, and we are planning a choreographed lip sync at the end of this podcast, but we're either both in or both out. Or both out. But wait, okay, so did you form Miss Heidi and Closet that she now has a granddaughter? <laughs> Booger in Closet? Heidi and Booger? <laughs> Heidi and Booger. I like Heidi and Booger. Yes, <laughs> that is even better. I do have a more serious question for you, though. Um would you, would you like to see Marsha, Marsha, Marsha's even more yassified version of Tim Gunn on the season two cast of The Real Friends of WeHo? I am still not convinced that Real Friends of WeHo isn't an elaborate Snatch Game bit, just with several people I haven't heard of. So now I feel like RuPaul with the internet personalities, but I will take any talent I can get on that show, I guess. That is, you've never, you have not shared that theory with me. I love that theory that Real Friends of WeHo is just, that is a perfect way to segue into it. Yes, they they just, on the Snatch Game episode, this is just an entire television show doing a Snatch Game challenge. Yes, and we're going to find out at the end of the year that, I don't know, who's playing Brad and who's playing Todrick and who's playing (laughs) all these other, all the other ones, all the other greats. All of your favorite things, gays, people adjacent to drag, and also revealing masks. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. (laughs) Well, as the great Lucy LaDuca, as Joan Rivers once said, a picture is worth 1,000 words, asshole. But sadly, this podcast does not have a visual component, so you'll just have to listen to us speak 1,000 words instead. So let's get into this full Snatch Game episode recap. I know... Like Snatch Game is always one of the most celebrated and cherished challenges, but I feel like there's not much else to talk about from this episode outside of like two very big happenings, Snatch Game and the crumbling of the TikTok twin twink dynasty at the end, which yes, will go into the history books, official history books in the education system of the United States of America. Um, We got very little workroom prep talk. So Mama Ru thrust us like right into a double dose of Snatch Game with two sets of seven queens performing separate iterations of the show. The first group had Marsha, Marsha, Marsha as Tim Gunn, Lux Noir London as Amanda Lepore, Malaysia Baby Doll Fox as Saucy Santana, Mistress Isabel Brooks as Rosie O'Donnell, and sometimes Abby Lee Miller uh, throughout the challenge, <laughs> Anitra as Gorgina Ramsey, Robin Fierce as Karen Huger and Selena Estides as the Virgin Mary. So group one, 
I think the most peculiar thing at first was the lack of like an explanation in the workroom about who the hell Gorgina Ramsey is and why we had that character. Selena does reveal that information later in our interview this episode. So stay tuned for that. But Jillian, how did you feel about this first group of uh, Snatch Game Queens? Well, you also noticed that Ramsey wasn't even spelled like Gorgina So. Who yes. knows what was happening there? She but, had it spelled R A M S E Y, and Gordon Ramsay's last name is R A M S A Y, which Selena also does address in our interview. So, yes, stay tuned for that. Madness. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I maybe we. It had been a while since we had a great regular season snatch game. And then I think we got so spoiled with the all winter season snatch game being so great that now it's like, we're back to the kind of mediocrity. But I think like the to blame was the episode length. Um, But I mean, just like, obviously we were missing questions and things were editing down, edited down. I really missed mm-hmm. the walkthrough and especially yeah, when like a, a, some beloved alumni comes back usually to walk through with Rue, which is always so fun. Um, so I really missed that. But I thought the group in general was, I mean, it was mixed. I thought that Tim Gunn um, and I thought that Rosie, even if it wasn't always Rosie O'Donnell, <laughs> I thought Mistress was really good at the volleying back like and being forth, snappy, which is yeah. yeah, which is just such the most important part of the snatch game. It's like about mm-hmm. being able to banter and improv more than a perfect impression, as we've seen time and time again. Just knowing a bunch of facts about somebody and saying them in a non-comedic way just does nothing. You have to be able to have yeah. those facts at your disposal to uh-huh. volley with Rue or the other queens. And it's just funny because I feel like this is. I mean, we're on season 15 and the queens that did poorly in the Snatch Game, it almost seemed like if you're paying attention to them on social media beforehand, they were kind of trying to like brace us for it being not as good. Like you would see some of the tweets were just like, oh my God, like me on Snatch Game tonight with like a hand in front of the, like that emoji with the hand in front of the face where it's like peeping through the fingers. And I'm just like, I, I feel like we've just gotten to this point where Snatch Game is so expected that there might that, that there's really maybe no excuse for for approaching it the certain way. I get that certain queens just don't have like comedy is just not in everybody's wheelhouse the same way. But I just think we've seen that type of approach fail over and over and over again. But I also I think it it also largely comes down to the selection of characters. I mean, Sugar, as she said in our interview that's coming up, she you know is glad that she did Trisha Paytas. She did have a backup, but I just feel like there has to be a certain consideration of like, just because somebody is popular and somebody is widely known to people on social media doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be a good snatch game character. Like Selena's Selena's is to me, one of the like most unsung snatch games of all time. Truly. I think that Selena's was so funny and it was so out there. It was exactly the kind of absurdity that this show is begging for and I don't know why the judges and it seemed like everybody else in the room was not as into it. I thought it was hilarious. It was so stupid. It was a horny Virgin Mary. Like you just saying that phrase is funny. So that's how to approach Snatch Game. Something like that. I agree on the sur- I agree on the surface that it was a really funny concept. And I think that is the way to go to pick if you're if you're not gonna like, if you know that you can't pull off a perfect impression and there's not someone that you feel comfortable you can improv as that person 
I think picking a a real character or I don't, like a known a known character and then but that's personality is not known. So like the Mona Lisa and like Horny Virgin Mary, I think is a really fun concept. My issue with Selena's, even if it we can get into like what she said was really in there or was there that didn't air. But I think my issue then is that she was not volleying. Like she had, it was kind of like what Marsha keeps saying about the twins of like having a canned bit. Like I think it's a really funny concept, but even in what we saw, she wasn't really like going back and forth with the other queens or other contestants about how horny she Mm. was. She was a little bit with RuPaul, but I think that she could have leaned into that a little bit more than having like her planned like bit that she was Mm -hmm. trying to do physically. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Because even something like, I mean, the standard now goes back to something like Jinx Monsoon on All Star 7, where that was, she clearly had things that she knew that she was going to do during the performance. But a lot of that great stuff came from just organically responding to Rue in the moment. So yeah, I understand what you're saying. I just still think though, if it's done well, and the canned bits are uh, really, really funny, which I think all of Selena's pretty much were, I think it still works in the end. Maybe. I mean, we'll we'll never know, sadly, and that's the that's what's you know <laughs> unfortunate about this. But I think like so like Tim Gunn, Marsha as Tim Gunn, obviously her joke about the devils in the I forget what she first said, and then RuPaul's like, Do you mean devils in the details? And she said, Look at those sleeves. I think <laughs> like that was obviously a joke that like she had at her disposal, but I think mm-hmm. like the way she was able to play it off in the room, like it still made it work. And we'll we'll get into the next group, but I think it especially worked with Joan Rivers, which were like actual Joan <laughs> Rivers jokes that were just said in a in a smart way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think and but I think like the difference to me with Mistress is like she was there was like so many things she was saying that were like just so obvious improv responses to things where she said like i'm not fault like i can't follow these trends i thought we were walking the fucking duck now like someone said walking the dog like that was perfect because at first i was like well i really wish that this were the rosie o'donnell show era rosie which i mean mistress i think is 24 so that show was i think airing before she was literally before she was born Mm because i was like okay this would be such a good character to like be flinging cooch balls around at the audience and keep talking about your crush on Tom Cruise. Cause she was like still kind of closeted at that time and was like mm-hmm. constantly like my Tommy. So I was like, that would be really funny. But I think regardless of her staying true to the character or not, she was just doing such a good job improving without being like completely out of character and mm-hmm. at least catching herself that that is the kind of thing that really like cracked me up. Yeah. With the Sasha Colby next snap, let's move on to group two, which included Lucy LaDuca as Joan Rivers, Sasha Colby as Jan Crouch, Jax as the Mona Lisa, Sugar as Trisha Paytas, Amethyst as Tan Mom, Spice as Miley Cyrus, and Aura Mayari as Bretman Rock. How did this group fare and how do we feel about the Snatch Game in general being divided like this after watching both groups perform separately. Cause I don't know about you, but I was ready to sign that petition that we both said we were against last week of making these longer episodes. But what were your feelings? Yeah. I I think that if you're going to do two separate snatch games, like you do two separate, like you're, you're going to do it with seven Queens each anyway. So 
it it's not even it's like you might as well either just do two separate episodes or you might as well just wait until there are only seven queens left to do snatch game so uh, i i yeah it, it definitely felt a little bit bare to me um i think well i think the actual bulk of playing the snatch game didn't necess- is not necessarily where i felt the most uh the 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 time limit the most i think i felt it more in the run up to the snatch game i felt that a little bit more it just kind of felt like workroom Rue says we're doing snatch game snatch game judging and yeah. i like that build up a little bit more it kind of you get excited when you see them in the workroom and you see them like brushing their wigs as like rue and raven or rue and jinx come over to give them their little advice like i did miss that but and i i, I don't anticipate that uh we're gonna maybe see snatch game go down like this again in the future but uh the, it didn't necessarily i mean i think the performances still came through especially I mean, I think Amethyst was really given like the short shrift in this episode. Like I think Amethyst did really, really well. Like I was actually the people I was watching it with were like actually laughing out loud at Amethyst the most, especially when she had that joke (laughs) about Ross Matthews. Ross Matthews, yeah. My son. Yeah, that (laughs) was so funny. Great. It was really funny. And I think like (laughs) this was the kind of I mean, it was just like so out of nowhere reference this person from like more than a decade ago, probably now. But like, yeah. you know that that's someone that Rue remembers versus someone like Trisha Paytas or Bretman Rock. And mm-hmm. we don't, but we don't know anything about her personality other than being tan. And so tan. it was like easy enough jokes. And then you just go wherever you want with it and wherever you feel comfortable. And I mean, I know mm-hmm. that like we've seen that Amethyst does have a little bit of a comedy background or. Yeah. I don't know. I thought she was funny in the talent show. Maybe not all the judges agree. I do but too. I thought she had a lot of potential. So I think that that was something that seemed really in her wheelhouse. And I think, I mean, I'm happy that we got to see ev- almost everybody who's been, <laughs> almost every queen of this season do Snatch Game because that is always a thing. We're like, oh, I yeah. wish, you know, we knew what this person had done. But uh-huh. it just, with the time crunch, it just felt like we were just really missing people. Like I think Sasha gave maybe one, one answer. Yeah. Malaysia, I think gave Jax. one answer. Jax, Aura. Yeah. Jax, I thought actually started out really strong character. with like the tongue out. Mona Lisa. I was like, Oh yeah, she's like, can go, go somewhere so silly with this. And then we just like mm-hmm. never saw her again. So yeah. I don't know. I mean, Sasha on Twitter, like fully admitted that the edit made some of them look much better than anticipated. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I guess yeah. lucky for them, but it's just, we just, really i feel we're missing out on so many yeah. of these people well something that we did miss um but jillian you got a first-hand account of i believe on friday after i did the interview with selena where she talked all about her actual virgin mary birth from snatch game you attended an event where she performed it on stage right can you please describe what happened Yes. So I went to watch the full episode at Mickey's bar in West Hollywood. And she Are you was a real hosting. friend of WeHo now? <laughs> well, everyone in there was a was a real friend of <laughs> Selena. Well, Selena did have a real friend, um, Eureka, Eufrika O'Hara, aka Aww, Frankie Grande, yes. was there watching her host this. And it was actually, it felt like watching Spice root on Sugar at the talent show, the way he was like clapping and was like so supportive of her. It was really sweet. But mm-hmm. watching her first of all watching her watch the episode in real time was kind of heartbreaking because she was seeing like the edit play go down and then you know was like coming up at commercial breaks to be like okay well that's not exactly how it played in the room like RuPaul yeah. actually did feel well, me a little bit more than that, that. 
Yeah. So she told the story and I want you to elaborate after this on what all she told you because I know she got into it a little bit more, but that was, you know, a little, so it just, it didn't make me think like there is so much that we don't see that if everyone got to explain themselves afterwards, or we got to see all this like cut footage, like how different our perception would be. But, um, she did go on to do a six minute drag performance at the end (laughs) of the episode that did tell the full story of the Virgin Mary's uh, character. And she said that this was a character she had done her very first time Mm -hmm. trying out there. And that's when she met Frankie Grande as a, as a judge for this drag competition she was in as a young queen. And this was a character she performed where she went through it all like being the horny Virgin Mary to suddenly being pregnant to fully giving birth. I sent you a a short clip of a video clip of this, like fully like a baby dropped out of her and like threw into the audience. This baby doll was like flung around. I mean, Thank God they didn't do this to Booger. I would have been Booger, yeah. so mad. <laughs> but yeah, this was a little Booger Jesus, like flying around the room. She like, t- like so then funny. she was like holding him up like the, the baby Simba and then mm-hmm. like threw him back onto the stage. Like this baby was flung everywhere, but it was um, a bunch, like went through a ton of different lip sync songs and and monologues. It was a, a whole performance. So it was really, it was really exciting. But I was thinking like, okay, I like this, you couldn't have done this as a snatch game. Like this is like yeah. a full performance. So it was slightly uh-huh. different than I'm sure what she was planning. But yes. um, seeing that whole birth, I I think there was just like so much more that she wanted to do mm-hmm. um, in the snatch game. But it was definitely an exciting performance and I can't wait to see her. I mean, I don't want to see her lip sync for her life because I, I yeah. like her, but I would like to see her uh, see like see her what she brings to a lip sync when she I know that's that's like the weird thing about this because it's like as much as people love Sasha Colby too and how much Sasha Colby is known for being a great lip syncer and like like you're saying with Selena it's like somebody even like Lucy it's like people that you know are gonna do really really well in a lip sync it's like you kind of feel bad because you're like I mean I don't like want them to be on the bottom but you're like I really want people to see what these people can do yeah. Uh, and a lip sync, because sometimes a lip sync can make you more popular, even though it's technically a quote unquote bad position on the show. Like someone like Silky doing an entire episode of just lip syncs dedicated to Silky. And Silky like rejuvenated her entire drag race run with just that episode lip syncing. So, yeah, no, I think that's a really interesting point. So, but tell us a little bit more about what Selena told you and and then. I know we're going to hear more of it at the end of this episode, but what are some highlights you can give us? Yeah, I I don't I I want I want people to hear it from Selena, so I don't want to say too much, but it basically is the the similar vibes to what you said you saw on stage. It was like throwing a baby and <laughs> uh, other queens reacting to the throwing of the baby. So I really want people to hear Selena tell the story because she is a really she's a really great interview and she is. Uh, very descriptive and and what she does. So I don't want to spoil too much of it, but it's very much in line with what you saw on stage. Uh, But with just with some surprise interactions from the other Queens, it sounded like it was really great. And of course, not everything can fit. We know that not everything can fit on reality television. They're filming like 12 hours a day, sometimes more. So it's like, you can't fit everything into a, you know, hour long episode, but um, both snatch games then gave way to a very brief but tearful workroom discussion with Lucy about her past. 
Then we had the beautiful nightmare runway with some spooky, ooky, kooky, and creepy runway designs. I particularly enjoyed Sasha's and Lux on the runway this week. And Lux also just posted some really great, frightening, disturbing photos of her outfit on her socials. They're like all black and white and grainy. And you should definitely, everybody should check those out. But the most uh, concerning nightmare, and I mean nightmare in the best way possible, was watching the twins who landed in the bottom together do their wonderfully unhinged, fully choreographed lip sync to Pat Benatar's You Better Run, which truly we have never seen anything like this on Drag Race before. Both queens in the bottom just working in sync with full choreography in tandem, interacting with each other. Spice lessoed Sugar at one point and roped her into her. Sugar chased Spice with her shoe in her hand. The whole thing was, for lack of a better word, like canned bit performance art. So Jillian, was this genius or not genius? I I loved it. I have been wishing that someone would do a surprise choreograph number. I, I was trying to remember. I think it was in, was it in the all winter season? I feel like somebody, like two queens, like did one move in sync where I was like, oh my God, are they, are they about to do it? Maybe it was. It was Monet a death drop Shay? together. Was that was it? Who oh, was and it all winners and all winners. Um, I, it was just it was something in the last year. I mean, who knows? There's been so there's been like what ten seasons in the last year. So who knows yeah. what I'm thinking of? But there was something <laughs> where it like teased, but then didn't go into it. And so this kind of itched or scratched that itch for me of like a fully choreographed thing. I don't know if I ever want to see it again. But I was I was thrilled. And when I was watching it at the at the watch party when everybody when it kind of clicked on people what was about to happen like the the <laughs> whole atmosphere of the room totally changed of just like fully concentrating and like what are we in for and so mm-hmm. that to me was a lot of fun i i know that um sugar, if you follow the twins on tiktok you do notice that sugar is one that falls quite a bit and yes. as someone who falls walking barefoot constantly i i like that representation of this falling queen but i, I so i i don't know like is at first i was like is she doing that on purpose falling queen. no i think she's just like actually falling in these giant shoes because she's not mm-hmm. used to performing like live performances too often so i thought yes. it was i thought it was a lot of fun Oh, and I definitely made sure to ask her about that in the exit interview, uh, if the fall was uh, part of the choreography. And uh, to no one's surprise, the fall was not part of the choreography. That was natural. (laughs) But yeah, it was just, it was so weird. It was like one of the the most like, I think it capped the twins run on the show, which was already itself a totally chaotic, unhinged thing to begin with. Like, I feel like I was high after just watching them, but I mean, it it just it was a fitting way for them to go out, I think, with just this delightfully weird lip sync. And I enjoyed every second of it. But I did notice Mm -hmm. a very strange trend that I texted you about as I was researching (laughs) Uh, episode four. It's like this weird episode four lip sync trend of the episode four lip syncs being some of the most bonkers lip syncs you will ever see on Drag Race. We had Jimmy, Ginny Lemon. She quit on episode four of Drag Race UK season two. The famous Charlie Hyde's Do Something Charlie lip sync was episode four of season nine. Mimi I'm First picked up India Farah on episode four of season three. The episode four lip sync um, of season 14, Alyssa Hunter's Money Gun broke. Season five, episode four had the Vivian Panay and Honey Mahogany double sachet. Like episode four is cursed. And like Jillian, do you know who was eliminated on episode four of season four? Oh, 
Could it be? Could it be Madame Madame Laqueer? (laughs) Could it be Madame Laqueer? Oh my god. Okay. Yes. (laughs) I just wanted to say that. Yes. Yes, I was like, really? Wait, I thought I looked this up and I thought it wasn't like another one. But no, I love that you you noticed um, this new trend and now I hope that it continues. There are some like episodes. Well, yeah, there, there's definitely, um, I mean, statistically, I think it's probably obviously more than not that episode four is like a normal lip sync, but I think it does say there is something in the tea at those studios that episode four, something's going on with a lip sync. Um, we have a very high chance. So season 16, episode four, we're looking out for you. <laughs> we are looking out. We are and looking I, out. I think though that one one thing that this episode really proved more than ever. I mean, I know that the untucked catchphrase is already, if you're not watching untucked, you're only getting half the story. I feel like you're getting like none of the story. If you don't watch untucked this season, like watching Mm -hmm. that together was, Oh, it was great. Made it like such an exciting episode. I mean, I had actually watched, I didn't know the winner of the lip sync yet when I first watched untucked and that made it so thrilling where I was like, Oh my God, Mm -hmm. they said that they're going to quit together. What's going to happen? Super high stakes. Yeah. Yeah, and so I I think I mean especially now that we have to pause between the two and we'll get into that. But I did want to say one thing from the runway. I was slightly disappointed in this runway just because that seemed like it would be my dream nightmare runway because I do love the spooky stuff, but I mm-hmm. agreed with you of the people I thought were the best. But the one thing I I did note about that runway, did you clock okay. what would you say? Booger. <laughs> no, well, okay. Booger, yes. Booger, my number one. But yes. Mistress's explanation for her look, did you did you catch what she said? It was like No. It was like the crystallized chicken all over again. She's this is this is what she's I like paused what? it and write it down. She's because when she walked out, I was like, what is that? And then in her talking head, she says, They say we eat six spiders a year in our sleep, and those spiders laid some eggs, and I'm busting through, and there's webs all over me. So I was like, I, I don't know if that is like what she intended yeah. to do this whole time because it didn't seem that spider webby or if she was just no. like, I got to come up with something for this look. And that was just like a Hall of Fame level yes. explanation for that look for me. I um, think Mistress is just having fun with all of us. I, I think truly. so too. And on I, social media, on the yeah. show, she knows exactly what she's doing and it's hilarious. Yes, I, I love her. Um, I do too. But our let's talk about the reason that we do have to separate. Uh, un, we're not getting untucked any longer right after the episode. Should we talk about Real Friends of WeHo, this uh, biggest controversy in the fandom? Um, yeah, I think it's like, I mean, I think we covered it pretty extensively last week. I just think it's it was interesting to actually see the product or the actual show that people are so angry about. And I mean, it's like, it, it's just like, it's a, just a normal, regular reality show. I mean, it's not like, I mean, regardless of how people feel about the certain people that are on it. I mean, it's like, it's just a, at the bare bones of it. Like, it's just another reality show. Like we all know exactly. This is how networks work. Like they, you lead in, with a new show that you probably put a lot of money into with a pre-established popular show. That's how networks work. But I do understand why it's rubbing people the wrong way. Um, Cause it's coming at the expense of the drag race runtime. So yeah, I think if it were at least if it were running after untucked and untucked. not so blatantly, yeah. like we're couching this right between. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it was, I, 
anytime I see Bob and Monet, I'm excited. And they did have a cameo on there, which, you know, was like happy to see them. But I mean, the thing that jumped out to me the most was just how the first like 15 minutes of the made probably not that long, but it seemed like endless of everybody introducing themselves by saying that they had to be begged to do the show or that their husband was the one who was they originally asked. Yeah, they all, like, said they all said that. So it was just uh, like, okay. And so it just really made me miss. Um, I mean, the concept of the show, I'm not against. It was just the fact that it seemed so kind of like manufactured group of friends that weren't actually have like well, seen they all said that the too. Dark. Yeah, they all they all said that. They so all were like, like, I'm excited to meet these people who I've yeah. never met before. <laughs> Wait, so exactly. these are not the real friends of WeHo? Exactly. The- so I was like, there's so many like drag queens, like so many queens from the show and other drag queens that haven't been on the show, like that live in WeHo, work in mm-hmm. WeHo, like that would be really exciting to see. It made me miss the the Vegas review show, which I know not oh, everyone I love loved, but I loved show. it. I love Derek Barry's drama on that show. Yes. Um, so yeah I, yeah, I don't know. But we'll see. We'll 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 um best wishes to the real friends of WeHo that they stay real friends. We will say that. Okay, enough about the real friends of WeHo. Sadly, we lost a saccharine sweet ingredient in the most chaotic drag race recipe of all time as Sugar became the third queen to sashay away from season 15. But here to prove that she's still packing a delectable bite, Sugar joined us for an exit interview that you will certainly feel like you've injected sugar cubes intravenously after hearing. She's revealing who was her Snatch Game backup, the emotional state that she and Spice were in after getting critiques on the main stage, which understandably forced them into sibling fight or flight mode, and a taste of the backstory to the moment Mistress Isabel Brooks decided to adopt them into the Brooks-Davenport dynasty. Enjoy the chat. Hey everyone, I'm Sid Evans, Editor-in-Chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, their favorite meals, and of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce Season 5 of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam. Oh, hello, Sugar. How are you? Good. I'm feeling sugary sweet on this beautiful Friday morning. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I am so glad that you are feeling okay because I am... I'm so sorry to talk to you under these circumstances. Like, I'm always thankful to get the chance to talk to you at all, but I just, I hope you're doing well processing the elimination all over again. Oh, you know what it is? Like, I have no, I officially have no tears left to cry. And (laughs) (laughs) Ariana, come on, promo. Like, um... (laughs) I was sitting in the hotel room, just chilling by myself, and I had time to write and reflect. And, you know, this morning, I really just feel so much gratitude. I am, one, so grateful to go through this experience. And, you know, with it airing tonight, it feels like a release. Like, it feels like a celebration, honestly. It feels like Christmas morning. It feels like Christmas Eve. Like, I honestly (laughs) couldn't be more excited. And that probably sounds very, like, Miss America, but... It really is the truth. Like, honestly, like tonight is a celebration. This episode. Yes. 
That is, I am so glad that, to hear that you have that perspective. You, I mean, you've had such a huge impact on this show and this fandom across the last three weeks. And I mean, this episode truly, I think it's going to be no exception. And if you had to go out, I think an episode like Snatch Game is the one to do it because so many people tune in for that. And you chose to portray um, Trisha Paytas, who, yeah. <laughs> uh, so who were some of your backups though, that you might've considered doing before yeah. you landed on Trisha? And did you have any gags planned that you wanted to do during the challenge that yes. you like thought twice about? and didn't end up doing you know what it is okay so it's a first parter uh my backup well just like another option because you know we don't we don't we don't want to shun her she was equally as good mm -hmm. was christina aguilera oh and my god I was doing and you know in hindsight i'm like i should have done her because Rue would have <laughs> known her but um you know no regrets uh i'm so happy i Patricia, but you know, with Xena, it was a lot of it was very dirty. Christina Aguilera when she was kind of like a walking spoof of herself, and she's like, Aah! like she was, was going to say, "Can you everything. give me some? Give me some yeah, right now." Can you? <laughs> like, very, like everything was that. Um, and I have like a whole little thing to go for that, so it's super fun. Um, I'll definitely have to do that on social media yes. soon, so everyone yes. can see. Um, mm -hmm. And with Trisha, you know, I had we kind of, you know. It was really nice that it was a bigger version of Snatch Game, but also that means Rue had to get through 14 queens. Um, of course. My yeah. group was the second group, so I think he was, you know, going through it himself. <laughs> he was probably, like, sick of it, especially coming from last year, you know? like uh -huh. oh, oh, my God, yeah. Going through Snatch Game again. <laughs> so um, I had all my bits with um, eating, and I was going to do, like, a full, like, meltdown with Trisha, and, like, she's crying on the kitchen floor. But I started eating. I was like whipping chips out of um, my boobs, like Trisha would do. And he looked at me with disgust. And I was, and then it clicked. I was like, oh, yeah, I remember someone saying he doesn't like when queens eat. So I was like, OK, maybe we're not going to lean into Trisha's eating shtick so hard here. So that was a kind of like on the fly decision I made. I was like, OK, let's not really go with the eating because <laughs> I could sense the energy. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you have to be. It's all about thinking on your feet in the moment. It was. Yeah. I think it was a good idea, maybe, that you picked up on that in the moment. I'm wondering if you and Spice uh, practiced at all. Oh, at home. yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, we are Miss Canned and Miss Bit. So we were like, mm -hmm. if we're going to be at Snatch Game, we're going to do our little like uh, banter read together. There's actually a reference from Hannah Montana. It was when Selena was on the episode, like, you know, like the first or second season, and they uh -huh. had like a banter, and she was like, "Bala blonde, lip sinker, bra stuffer, has been, <laughs> never was." So we uh, had to like get that reference in for the girlies that get it, you know. Mm -hmm. Yes, no, I of course, and I appreciated that there was a lot of leaning into those characters. Uh, you both came through with a lot of of references, and I think people who know those celebrities are definitely going to pick up on those things. But unfortunately, yeah. I mean, you both did land in the bottom, and yeah. you told the other queens in Untucked that if they save one of us, we're both out. So that seemed to be the yeah. sentiment among both of you. So were you yeah. both, you actually were fully prepared to quit if the other sibling was eliminated? Like that was a real plan that you both discussed beforehand? Oh, no, 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 no. That was like immediate reaction that was full okay. mode. so basically after we got off that stage and you know it's a twin telepathy i could set spice in full like mother mode because she was like disgusted by like what michelle said there was just this sense that michelle had kind of made her mind up that she didn't like how we came up uh through tiktok and through online and kind of paving our own way mm -hmm. and i being trailblazers, which mm -hmm. was kind of devastating because it's like, you know, you come onto the show and it's like, 
you know, all drag is valid and like we celebrate everyone's differences. So I think Spice was in full like, oh my God, like what? Like we're not even welcome here. Like if she doesn't like sugar, then she's not going to like me. So it was a full like defense, you know, and like Mm -hmm. our whole childhood and I'm sure you've seen Untucked where, you know, it's always been the world against us. And we were having so much fun there. We were on cloud nine, like Snatch Game, (laughs) believe it or not, that was the most fun I had all day. It was the most comfortable I felt. Like you could not tell me I was not Trisha, this like viral internet troll <laughs> kind of intact everyone. And you know, um, if you don't get it, then of course it's going to be completely missed and it is what it is. So like, I understand like why um, I was in the bottom uh, just for the simple fact of, you know, if you don't get it, then you don't get it. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, in that moment we were like, Oh my God, like these people hate us. So we kind of had that sense and I know Spice was feeling that like, wait, we're not even welcome here. Like they don't respect us. And I think hearing that from the judges and then also Rue didn't even critique me, which was kind of cunty and iconic. Like all the judges went down the line and then it got up to his turn to say something to me. And uh, he was like, you heard the critiques. And I was like, Oh, like oh, that wow. was the thing. I'm like, I need that on a shirt, <laughs> yeah. but it was Still, um, we kind of had, it wasn't a breakdown, it was a breakthrough. And I'm sure you saw on Untucked, like, we were like, we were going crazy because we hit our breaking point, you know? We were like, just really leaning into the absurdity of it. And I think it was Mm -hmm. us in control of the situation because we just felt, you know, for lack of a better word, it was so TV, if you will, you know? Yeah. I know we see a lot of the times like that face that Rue has sometimes when he's watching a lip sync or when he's watching yes. a certain challenge, like we've seen it yeah. a couple times. So that's the look you're you're saying that, that you were getting. Yes, it was that look. And, you <laughs> oh, know, no. I, uh, I've done so much. I wouldn't have been able to get through um, this experience if I hadn't done all of the inner work. So in addition to all of that, and you're, you're talking about the spiritual journey, I understand that that might have shifted your perspective in the moment. But but in Untucked, we do see that a lot of the other girls were trying to convince both you and Spice to stay. Particularly, we see a lot of moments with Sasha Colby say, uh, yeah. standing there giving you a lot of advice and, and pressuring you to stay. Um, well, I don't want to say pressure because that's a that I yeah. think has a negative no. connotation. Yeah. But so what no convinced you both to break that from that cycle outside of the spiritual work and decide that one would stay over the other if it was indeed one of you leaving. You know what it was? Thank God for those girls. And we were in so, you know, it almost feels like you're at school. I don't, this is what it feels like. You're at school and all of a sudden they call you down to the principal's office. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're in trouble. And that's what it felt like. All of a sudden there was like a thunder crap, uh, a thunderstorm over us. And, um, so you, you're just like in that mindset and you're just so emotional. Of course, I know Spice didn't want to go, but she was like, no, like they literally just like, they they were so horrible to you. Like, I need to stay here and protect you. Like we've done our whole life. And then Mm -hmm. it wasn't for those girls. And especially Sasha was like, no, there are little sugar and spices. And, you know, after they heard our story, about our family they were like there are little sugar and spices out there that relate to you guys so much and you had to do it for them and you know it really shifted when i can't remember who it was maybe it was sasha or one of the other girls and they were like sugar if you go you know you have been spices sister this whole time it's always been you two you guys haven't had a drag family but now we will be the sugar to her spice we are her sisters now we're her family mm-hmm. and uh, i can get emotional thinking about it and yeah that's yeah. when i was 
no spice, you have to stay. Like, mm-hmm. I will be fine. I have always been, you know, I'm more of the mama bear between us, like the stronger one. I was like, if anyone has to go, it should be me. Like, this is your chance. Like, you have your sister's support. Like, you don't need me anymore. So it really was a beautiful moment. Yeah. So if so, do you think if Spice had been eliminated, you would have, do you think you would have quit alongside her? Or do you think you would have stayed in the competition? I probably would have felt the same. I would have been full protective mother mode. I would have been like, oh my God, like this is so like set up and crazy and what world are we living in? But then I would have been like, no, I'm doing this for you. Because it's like, but I kind of love that moment because we're allowed, I love like living in the moment, right? And I, I feel like with the show, a lot of times it can get very, you know, queens acting a certain way because they don't want to, you know, upset the fan base or they want to come off um, in a good light. But I'm happy we just lived our truth. And like, those were our real vulnerable, raw moments because, you yeah. know, we were through it. So, mm-hmm. um, and our whole thing, especially me, is we were there, but this is just in life in general. We are we are here to have fun, to play, to experience and um, I think in that moment, it's like, oh my God, I'm not having fun anymore. I have to go. And it's yeah. like, no, you have to take a step back, think about it. It's like, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. Readjust and, uh, you know, then take it from there. Yeah. Well, let's talk about this lip sync too. I mean, this lip sync was, it was, I think, as Marsha points out at one point in a confessional, uh, it's, I think, a performance that was clearly like prepared and planned out by both of you. You're complimenting each other, you're interacting, you're, it's a lot of very intertwined choreography. So I think everyone at some point maybe anticipated like we might be getting a lip sync between the twins. So did you both anticipate that as well and sort of plan that lip sync before coming to the show? Or did you actually plan it and choreograph it in the time you had in Untucked? Well, okay. So we, I mean, you know, as much as we play our dumb bimbo shtick and I I don't know what's going on. Oh, you're very smart. It doesn't take a rocket science to be like, they're going to put those twins in the bottom. (laughs) No, I thought it was going to be way later on. And, you know, I definitely think they... Pulled the plug very early, but you know, um, I, I it's so funny doing these interviews. It's like I know too much behind the scenes things and like the realty of it all that you know. I just have to be like, yeah, you know, it is what it is. But um, yeah, so we knew a lip sync was coming. Um, unfortunately, it would have been even more planned if we ha- if we weren't breaking down that ducks. I think we had like ten minutes to get it together. I didn't even know that lip sync. I had like. Th- the uh, producers and stuff, they were like holding us like caged uh, bull because um, like right before the lip sync, they were like separating us. And I'm like, girl, I don't know these words. Give me a, a sheet to the lip sync. We're trying to do it. I think we had like five minutes to like be like, okay, on this, do this, do this. So um, that's why it was such a messy, chaotic uh, lip sync. Like everything just went out the window. Um, but so you we really did plan it in those untucked moments though. The, 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 that really, it just did just all come to you to choreograph it in those moments. Yes, in the like the last few moments in Untucked, we were listening to it and we were like, okay, just do this. Like it all came really quick. But I think that's a testament to the artistic process of mm-hmm. sometimes when like you just go with the flow and you go with it and there's no like canned bits, then like that's when the true magic can happen. Yeah. Well, you did fall a few times. Was that planned or did that happen accidentally? <laughs> um, it was totally planned. Yeah. I <laughs> um, no, because. You know me with the heels, I think I would benefit from a page out of Mistress's book, you know, wearing my little kitten heels. But, you know, <laughs> of course I have to do the platforms. But um, 
I fully accept, like, my line is, like, it doesn't matter um, if you fall. It just matters how hot you look when you get back up. There you go. Oh, I love and I, that. I that to the queens the whole season when we're doing the other challenges. It's like, girl, you with these eight-inch heels, like, <laughs> you're going to like, fall to the death. And I was like, no, I'm manifesting a fall. Like, I want, like, <laughs> iconic pheromone fall. It's like, yes. I'm hoping, like, a good meme comes out of it. It will. I am. I guarantee that it will. And I think the last thing I want to talk to you about is you You both obviously had some very emotional moments discussing your family with the other girls in Untouched, yeah. and it seemed to spit, hit Spice hard. Um, yeah. And you sort of, when she walked off, you, you explained a little bit of the situation. And I imagine the stuff that you talked about with, especially with your mother and the things that her reaction to the drag and, and the revelation that your family didn't know that you were on the show... Yeah. I'm wondering if that situation has maybe changed now and if you're in a better place and also how that must have felt to have Mistress Isabel Brooks step in as your drag mother and adopt you both, Yeah, uh, given the struggles that you had to sort of find a place among your family and in the drag world. Yeah, you know, I'm so grateful for Mistress and all the other girls to really be there and support us because I think... and. Spice getting up just shows, you know, that was the first time we've ever really talked about it with anyone else besides like super close people in our life. Um, and, you know, with my family now, they definitely have come around, I think, because of the show. Um, you know, they have been supporting in their own way. And, you know, I'm accepting it. I will accept any positivity from my life from anyone. So that's really good. And I hope like it keeps moving forward. Yeah. Well, so then how after after that, how did it then go from this sort of you trying to find a place within drag and on Drag Race and the girls being so sort of unreceptive to you at first to then Mistress Isabel adopting you? How did that come about? Well, Mistress, it's so funny because I remember the first day and that was kind of the day they were all taking shots at us. It was when once the other girls let their guards down and were able to get more comfortable with us. I think that's when they were like, oh wait, these people are like pretty cool. And, um, but I love that. I think with life, you know, like me too, we all judge other people by their covers. You know, everyone does, it's just human nature. So I think that's a really cool message. It's like, once you get beneath the surface, once you, you know, we all wear masks in life, right? So once you mm -hmm. get behind the mask that people wear and present to society, it's like, wow the doors and the floodgates open because that's where the true connection is. Mm -hmm. Another creative answer or to uh, another creative sugar answer to a question <laughs> that yeah. I just am looking oh, for. Like, I'm, how did it come about that Mistress adopted you? <laughs> oh, Mistress adopted me. Yeah, I think she was just, it was after like, babes, let me get the wig glue for you. She was helping me out. She's helped me get ready. And um, I think she can also relate because she's also shared her story as well on the show that her family didn't accept her. And mm -hmm. it, uh, and especially after some long uh, bus rides, it was a matter of realizing, oh, wait, we are way more similar than we've realized. Like, le yes, Mistress is old school drag and I am, you know, this crazy TikTok twink. Um, but <laughs> it's like, wow, like we actually have so much in common. Mm -hmm. so. so it was her idea to adopt you? She called oh, you and said... She was like, you need a mom. And I was like, yeah, I'm mother. Well, I was like, I'm Spice's mom, but like, I need a mom too. And like, Spice needs all the help we can get. And mm -hmm. then um, Malaysia was just, 
the good friends with mistress and then all kind of happened and now we're just like this amazing big drag family and now you're davenports i know now we're davenports it's so crazy like porn star name like sugar brooks davenport it's like ooh, give me the only i can see it in lights already sugar brooks davenport (laughs) it's it's everything Sugar, it is always so much fun to talk with you. I can't thank you enough for taking the time to be here on the podcast and also just being so kind throughout all of our interviews. It's really been a pleasure to get to know you. You are the sweetest. Thank you so much, Sugar. I really appreciate it as always. And I can't wait to see what you do next. We hope you enjoyed that conversation with Sugar, which was definitely a magic bike ride conversation and not a porch conversation. Next, we are back to the manger for a really delightful Q&A with Selena Estides, whose Virgin Mary, I think, like I said, might be one of the most oddly unsung Snatch Game performances of a recent season. Here with some tea on the actual baby Jesus birth she planned for Snatch Game and some interesting commentary on some messy online chatter about accents. Please enjoy the chat with Selena ahead. Hello, Selena. How are you? Hi, Joey. Thanks for having me. <laughs> oh, of course. You know, I am always so excited to talk to you, but I'm even more excited, if that's even possible, to talk to you about Snatch Game of all Ooh. things, which, pardon the pun, you truly have blessed us all with this Virgin Mary performance that I thought was oh. so hilarious it was so funny did you enjoy yourself i was really nervous yes i did i've now officially converted (laughs) religions to stds uh catholicism that's what i'm now calling it the church of stds i know that's right (laughs) yes 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 so how the hell did you come up with doing a horny virgin mary of all things oh my god just that sentence alone is just (laughs) iconic you know (laughs) i so i've auditioned five times right and Mm -hmm. when you audition for drag race you have to have like three or two uh snatching characters to audition with and i usually do different ones every time i audition i've auditioned five times that's at least 15 20 different characters i've done and out of all the ones i've always i always kind of repeat um mother Teresa, she was my backup um it was the same it was the same idea it was a horny old lady who's just like old decrepit but also uh, give me that uh, you know like it's nasty so um virgin mary was a character i've done before actually um a long long time ago and i kind of when i first started doing drag i did this pageant where i was this girl named maria who got pregnant out of nowhere so it was kind of like a new take on the virgin mary so i was kind of calling back to like the first time I ever did my drag persona. Um, and I don't know. I just, I think the idea of like, who was the Virgin Mary before she got pregnant with Jesus Christ, you know? And I would imagine she was a girl in her adolescence coming of age, feeling her body wanting to do 30 things, but the Lord is watching. So she couldn't, you know, <laughs> uh-huh. this is such a well-fleshed. You are truly an actor. Like this is such a well thought out character. I am just like gagged over the fact that it's like the backup was something equally as like scandalous mother, a horny mother <laughs> Teresa. <laughs> Correct. There was a moment where Rue asked me what my second Snatch Game was, and I said, Mother Teresa, and Rue was like, what is with you and all these religious figures? And I was like, oh, they are, huh? Like, if you think about it, religious people are the most scandalous people out there, so it they makes are. for good, good TV, honey. 
Absolutely. Well, I mean, I did start to feel deep fear when the lights went out in your confessional as you were talking about doing this. So did you <laughs> did you ever have any serious second guesses about doing a religious figure based on like blowback you might get from religious community members? Okay, well, first of all, that moment in the confessional was the scariest moment of my entire life <laughs> because you've heard of like disaster um, moments with like Jesus Christ movies, like where lights are falling and people are dying. So yeah. I was a little nervous. And when the lights went out, I was like, okay, let me just apologize to the Lord right now and say, sorry. <laughs> and hopefully that'll be enough. But um, as far as religious people go, you know, my take on this is very, uh, my mother, my grandmother was a very evangelical Christian uh, growing up and I went to church. I watched Veggie Tales. I did all of that every, <laughs> every Sunday, right? Veggie Tales. You know what I'm talking about. I know, and- I know. Even, um, you know, even my cousins, they were the kind of cousins who would go to church on a Wednesday and a Sunday and a Saturday. So it was like, that's what I grew up with. And I remember one point I was doing a production of Godspell in high school and I played Judas who like, you know, betrays Jesus. And I invited my grandma because I'm like, this bitch will love this show. <laughs> so I said, grandma, after the show, I'm like, did you enjoy the show? And my grandma looks at me and is just like, did you study the Bible for this role? Oh. And I said... I said, well, um, you know, I tried to, but there wasn't, I don't, I couldn't really find the chapters. <laughs> and then my grandma goes, well, if you flip to this chapter, it'll say that the gays burn in internal flames in hell. And I was like, oh, and my grandma just said, love you. Great show. And walked away. And I was just oh, like, no. in that moment, I realized like that her idea of God and religion was her idea of God and religion. And Mm -hmm. that in that moment, I did not agree with what she said. And I realized I can have my own idea of what God is because obviously our gods don't align if she thinks I should be burning in hell. Like, I don't think I should be burning in hell. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and that was at what, 15, 16 years old. So, you know, having gotten sober, like we've talked about in the past, finding a power of my own understanding, like delving more into spirituality, um, I kind of learned that, you know, religion is for people who are afraid of hell, spirituality is for people who have already been there. So as someone who's been through the mud and I found peace with myself and what I call God, um, it's all good, you know, and this is at the end of the day, if you want to take it there, it's a character in a very popular book that I'm portraying. There you you go. Yes. Yeah. One that is not copyrighted. So you can do it on Drag Race. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Very smart. Very smart. No, I I love how much thought and consideration went into this and how much personal history clearly went into it too. And you did though, you came very prepared. You had this huge costume, a baby bump that you wore, which I thought I initially, I thought I was like, is she going to like actually do a birthing or something? So did you have something inside the baby bump that you didn't get a chance to pull out for a birthing or, or were there maybe other gags that you wanted to do, but didn't end up actually doing in the challenge? Okay. So at the end of the snatch game, I give birth to Jesus Christ and I have Robin who's next to me, pull it out as my nurse. And she pulls it out and, and, t- and flings it in the air and it flies over the the thing and everyone's just looking at Jesus Christ on the floor and RuPaul is living. She's gagged. She's like, what the hell is going on? And um, Malaysia behind me, Saucy Santana goes, um, Jesus Christ. And I turn to her and say, that's a great name for him. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> 
that's genius. I love it. Did you have like, was there like fake blood? Was there liquid involved? Was no, there like- no, I, I didn't want it to be gory or nasty or anything, mm-hmm. but um, there was an umbilical cord attached. Uh, so that's, that's as far as, and I was sitting on Jesus the whole time. So, so I was waiting as I turned to Robin and she pulled it out from underneath me, but <laughs> Well, you know what? We know it's filming. We know that there's not enough time to put in everything, but you'll have to do it on Instagram or something. You'll have oh, to recreate it. Okay. You will have we'll to. Do. Yes. We'll do. Yes. Now there's also the one part though, that I want to ask you about you. Uh, you imply in one part, I'm saving myself for the Lord. So is your version of Mary horny for her son? Is that what I'm supposed to be taking away from no, this? No, no. The Lord, like our God, like God, 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 you <laughs> okay. know, is that, that's how I saw it. Um, okay. It, uh, yeah, like you know how like girls are like, oh, I need a promise ring. I'm, I'm a virgin. Yeah. I'm not doing anything until I'm married. It was very uh-huh. much that kind of idea. <laughs> okay, I just wanted to clarify that <laughs> just because that was one moment that just maybe oh, speaks no. to my misunderstanding of religion. Because I was like, wait a minute, I thought the Lord was Jesus, but it just goes to show you how much I don't but, pay attention to religion. But also, I could be totally wrong too, because you know, Titties wasn't paying attention in Sunday school. <laughs> Mm-mm, I think what well, you were too much veggie tales. You were paying attention to veggie tales. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I just all of this to say though, I just hope that we're going to get some Selena Estides Virgin Mary prayer candle merch. Is that in the works? Oh, baby, she's releasing on my website right now, mybestjudy.com. You can go and buy that candle. <laughs> yes. Oh, I am. But yes, absolutely. I cannot wait. I knew it. I figured you were going to have it. But uh, yes, very excited to see that. So yes. um, you were, of course, on. Like this episode, though, it was an interesting breakdown. Um, There was two different snatch game teams. You were on one and you competed with Anitra was in your group who did Gorgina Ramsey, which I was slightly confused by because we didn't like the the normal work through or walk through thing didn't necessarily happen this episode. So we didn't get too much of an explanation of who the characters were beforehand. So did you talk to her that day about who she was doing and why? And can you provide some clarity on what she might have told you about the that character? So we actually did have a, a sit down with Rue. Each group got to sit down with Rue and Rue talked with us for quite a while, actually. And I believe Anitra was going to do Gordon Ramsay as Gordon Ramsay, like a male version, like mm-hmm. who he is. Um, and Rue said, why don't you do her sister, his sister? And she was like, Gorgina Ramsay? And Rue just started <laughs> laughing. And um, I think it was a risk on Anitra's end. She was like, well, Rue was saying I should do this. I might as well do it. And she went for it. And I think it paid off in the end. because She was hilarious. Oh, yeah. It was really funny. And I also love that Ramsay is not spelled the same name that Gordon Ra- way that Gordon Ramsay spells his name. So they're not oh, even related. Not- no, it's spelled wrong. <laughs> I think that was intentional, which makes it even more funny. Yeah, that makes it even funnier. That makes it even funnier. Uh, I also want to ask you about the twins on this episode, because it seems like you all had a very poignant moment in Untucked when they were sort of breaking down over their family past. Uh, you said in this episode that when you initially tried to talk to them about it, they sort of brushed you off because they were feeling some sort of way about it. So how did that initial conversation go with them? Yeah, we were getting ready for the runway and um, it was kind of quiet. No one was really talking. So I said, you know, I like to ask the girls very much how RuPaul asked the girls, like, 
where does this come from? Like, why do you act this way? What, what happened? You know? So I was kind of playing that game with the girls and I said like sugar and spice, like what, you know, what brought y'all to this point? Like, what was your upbringing? Like, like, what are your parents? Like they haven't talked about their parents the entire season so far. So I was curious, you know, cause a lot of us had shared a lot of deep stories up until this point and they haven't really uh, shared anything personal in that way. So I was not bullying them or anything. I was just like, what's the tea? Like, where are your yeah. parents? Like, um, mm-hmm. and they kind of were just like, Oh, <laughs> you know, and then they kind of just ignored me and i was just like okay like i i I can respect that they don't want to talk about it and then in untucked they were saying that the judges were saying they don't know who they are they're not being real enough and the girls were very like in untucked were sugar and spice were like we don't know what they mean by that like we're being ourselves and then i brought up well remember when i asked you this question you didn't want to answer it i think that would shine a light on who you guys are if you were willing to get yeah. honest about it and then the rest of the girls chimed in and then they kind of opened up with us and it became a beautiful sisterly moment actually mm-hmm. so there was i mean you got you you did get very teary-eyed uh in this episode too talking about them when you were like sort of praising their innocence and calling them your little queer babies i thought it was a very sweet moment uh but it was sort of a 180 i think from what we saw on the first episode with you and mistress uh reacting to them as soon as they first came into the room which i loved anyway uh so what changed maybe in your relationship with them over the course of those episodes so going into um drag race i had heard i didn't know i heard of sugar and spice but i didn't really know who they were and then i heard they are on the season right before i got on through a friend and i was like who like what so i was kind of coming in hot when the entrances happened mm-hmm. and you know i'm trying to make good tv i don't want to be um like in the back left <laughs> to the wayside you know so i'm like i need camera time i have to be this way to get some screen time and yeah it was at their expense which it sucks especially having watched it back and especially now where we're at as friends um but i think what changed was i realized like oh you know sugar came up to me and um uh, after we we're getting out of drag the first time and she said i really like get what you're doing with your drag it's very similar to us and i was like it is, huh? Because she was not talking like sugar and spice. She was like talking like a regular person. And I was like, because mm-hmm. my drag is a character as well. As titties is a full character of yeah. this Cholita Latina girl. Sugar and spice, they're bimbo characters, you know? So it, our drag is very similar in a way. And when sugar approached me with that, I was like, wow, we're a lot similar than, you know, I, I would have thought at first it was very much don't judge a book by its cover, which I was doing at first, you know? And um, from that moment on, I kind of fell in love with them because I realized like, oh, they're in on the joke, like as annoying and crazy as they are. Like Mm -hmm. it's put on in the same way that I put on Sue as a city, honey. So like, I really related to them in that moment. And from there on, because if you notice the first two episodes, I stopped being mean after that first confrontation with the group of girls. Like I, you don't get any more footage of me being nasty to them, you know? Um, and they're actually one of the first people I hung out with when we, when we got back from the show, cause they live Aww. here in LA. And um, I, I just love them so much. And, you know, there was one point too, where I said like, you know, with the twins, I, it must be hard being twins. Like, especially, you know, if one gets more attention than the other, I'm sure that's really difficult. And for me personally, I felt like, I don't know, a part of me really, my heart went out to sugar because I kind of felt like she was the baby yeah. who was kind of mm-hmm. just more helping Spice be the star rather than like getting herself the moment of shine. I think we saw that too in the last episode where Mistress is telling Sugar to stand up for herself. So I kind of, my heart went out to them. I, as everyone I hope is in the world is falling in love with them. We fell in love with them the same way uh, being there. Very, cl- That's very clear. Um, I mean, did, did Mistress try to rope you in on the adoption process with them? 
No, Mistress is um, <laughs> likes the spotlight on herself, honey. So she was not trying to have Selena's titties a part of the family. <laughs> but just know I was, you know, it's more of like I'm the, um, what are the people you call? The um, people you call when um, your kid is getting beat and you have to call the... Um, um, like a guardian, you know, like a parental no, guardian. You have to call the um, the the people. What are they called? Um, the federal. You know what I'm talking about? No. What are you talking oh about? God. The people who come in and take your child. If the oh, CPS. I'm CPS, honey. I come in to make sure that Mistress and Malaysia are treating them right. And if they're not, honey, they're going to come under my wing for a week, and then I'll, I'll give them back to their parents when they sober up. Okay. Yeah. Child protection, Selena. <laughs> That's services. what we'll call it. Yes. yes. There we go. We've a whole new business venture for you. I love this. <laughs> oh my I, god, we got there. We, yes. Yes. Prayer candles and CPS. The new CPS. Yes. Um, I'm glad you brought up though the uh, issue of drag characters because there is something i'm sure you've seen it online that i i wanted to get you to clarify anyway like I, there's people that seem to not be understanding that and i'm sure you've seen like there's like videos of people being like oh well there's no accent in this video but there's an accent in this video and it's just like the, do you understand the art form that you're are uh talking about so i just want to get your take on that uh, when you see people talking about the lack of an accent in certain interviews and then the accent in the character of selena mm-hmm. Um, so I have one as Jason too, especially when I get excited, when I'm talking really fast, like it's there, um, you know, but, uh, you know, even growing up Latino, you have to learn how to acclimate in white society and talk very proper. Like that is code switching is a part of a person of colors, like experience, you know? So I know how to do it all. And I can jump back to my regular, I can accentuate a little more, or I can talk very polite and like, you know, reg i don't know quote unquote regular you know yeah so um that's part of it another part of it is like baby it's drag and you know on drag race they really force you to break down all those characters so they can get to know the real you which was an interesting you know and i knew that going into the show but i didn't realize how far of a separation selena and jason were when i got into the show so it was kind of jarring to me when I wasn't winning any challenge. I've been safe so far, you know, and like, um, you know, they're not understanding what I'm putting down or they're like, we don't understand who you are yet. I gotten that critique. And I was just like, what do you mean you don't understand? Like, Selena's so obvious. And they're like, no, Jason. And I'm like, but they're the same thing, aren't they? Yeah. So like, it was just really, it was a battle for me to like kind of reconcile that on the show. And I think there's a nice pairing that happens throughout the season where I blend the two together. Yeah. And now off the season is like, I'm very that. I can switch back and forth. And it's like, you all want to get to know me as a person. Well, this is me as a person. And I'm also this too, you know? Mm-hmm. That's a, yeah, it's a very poignant uh, way to say that. And I'm glad that you said the thing about code switching too, because I think that's something that not a lot of people coming from a certain background have to think about. So I'm very glad that you brought that up as part of it as well, because that's something that I think a lot more people need to be paying attention to. Now, the last mm-hmm. thing I want to ask you about is I, I've been enjoying you so much in this season last week though. I, I mean, your outfit had people feel it a bunch of different ways. I made the rounds on the review shows and the podcast. So how did you feel when you saw some of the reactions to that look? And can you explain maybe more of the story behind that look? Yeah. So, you know, the first two episodes is was kind of my training wheels to learn how to digest the re- the review shows because you know the pro the meet the queens the reveal they started doing the reviews on us so that's all new for me coming into this world hearing the critiques and the opinions about me you know so it was a little 
daunting at first, like when Meet the Queens came out and especially people weren't really loving me at first because I was really loud and obnoxious, quote unquote. So like I kind of I kind of got hit in the face right away in the beginning. You know what I mean? So the bruises are there. The scars are healing. Um, going into the season now. I kind of know what to expect, right? And I kind of get to stick to my ground with what I put onto that runway. I presented what I presented. And mind you, no one knows what it's like to get ready for the show. Uh, half the time, the designers can't create what I'm asking for. The The designers are doing it last minute. I'm receiving it as I'm leaving to go to the hotel. Like, it's, mm -hmm. there's so much that goes into it. I never asked for the street lamp on my head like that. That's what the designer gave me. So I just have to take it because it's like, I, I wanted a snapback hat that had like a little light on the brim to be more oh, like hip hop, okay. yeah. which could have helped the look a little more, look a little more like, you know, 90s hip hop vibes. Mm -hmm. But he he ended up getting this giant lamp post. So <laughs> I can't say no. <laughs> you know, I had, I had to bring it to the show and this is just how things turn out. So going into this episode, I was like, I tell my best friend, my stylist Mondo, I'm like, girl, be prepared for people to hate it. I know people are going to hate it. People are going to drag me. They're not going to like it. And he's like, what do you mean? It's art. It's camp. It's this. I'm like, girl, yes, it is. But people are not going to see that. People are going to look at it, roll their eyes, call me an idiot, think I'm stupid. Bob the drag queen called it garbage. Like, I was fully prepared to go into this with this feedback. But you know, what I think about is like these iconic horrible quote-unquote horrible looks that go down in history lala b's lala uh re's bag look you know um vanji's little flower dress as she said yeah. miss vanji like mm -hmm. there's these moments of these horrible nasty looks monet people, sponge monet sponge dress hello bob <laughs> like these things go down in drag race history so if you know five years down the line people are still looking at street lamps thinking oh it's titties i've done my job Mm -hmm. And I have, I, as I already have said, I mean, I've officially moved to Estides Boulevard. So uh, that's at least one good thing that you have going from this. Selena, I really can't thank you enough for just being so great to talk to always. It has been such a pleasure talking with you today. I can't thank you enough for joining me. Thank you so much, Joey. That's it for this week's episode of EW's Quick Drag. We're now leaving together, riding synchronized donkeys into the sunset and away from, I'm so sorry. Bethlehem. That was a that was a canned bit I was forced into. Uh, en route to the Yassified Louvre to hang out with Jax on the gallery wall. I, I would so much rather hit myself in the head with a hammer repeatedly and do a goofy noise. How do you do the goofy laugh? Can you do it? Wait. You have to do it nine times and on a loop, just like spiced it. Thank you all for listening and tune in to the next episode of EW's Quick Drag next Tuesday for an all new recap of episode five of RuPaul's Drag Race season 15 featuring new interviews, including next week's Eliminated Queen. And make sure to keep up with all of our coverage at EW.com slash drag race throughout the year. Quick Drag is hosted and produced by Joey Nolte and Jillian Cedarholm, produced and edited by Sammy Junio, and executive produced by Chanel Johnson. There's weather. Cloudy weather. Ooh. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Yeah. Uh -huh.